are listening to Wannabe, a pop culture podcast. I am John. And I am James. <laughs> and today I have a huge amount of hay fever, so you're probably going to hear me sniffling into the microphone an awful lot. I'm so looking forward to your hay fever. I think we have we have a lot of revelations to get through today. <laughs> we have a lot of health revelations to get through. A lot of health revelations. How was your week? Um, My week was pretty standard i can't even remember it's what sunday today the week went quickly uh it's been lovely weather been out cycling my bike is that even how you say cycling my bike cycling my bike cycling my bike and um that's pretty much it eating and cycling my bike well i mean you've gone everywhere with your little bike i i I follow you I didn't follow <laughs> no not I wish I would follow you in person I'm so tempted because I mean we're still here I don't know what day of quarantine it is Mm-mm-mm. but um you get out every now and then I well really. no I mean but listen let's be clear you're not the biggest fan of going outside your ivory tower in the first place ivory tower is the nickname of my apartment but you're right like I've never been one to like love the outdoors but i do love socializing and i love my restaurants now the outdoors have been taken away from you 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 want it back yeah i mean i don't mind being at home i just miss people it's uh it's uh it gets a little bit harder all the time but you know this is the reality (laughs) of the situation but i do want to say this last week has been full of things um oh my god since since we left you last week though i actually got to see you for what like a minute and a half yeah i mean i wasn't letting you anywhere near me let's be clear about that like so you didn't get we got to see each other from afar but we did not interact you was more than six feet apart i think there was a good like (laughs) i don't know like 80 feet between us no it wasn't that it was very romeo and juliet you were on your balcony and i was on the streets yes because as we mentioned, I got uh, my friend's car, and so I took off like a little lion. I went down to you, I got the hair clippers, I gave myself a haircut. Which was actually, it turned out okay. Yeah, I'm pretty content with it. I didn't touch the top at all, but I did the back and sides. I can feel a little bit of a rat tail right here that's driving me crazy, <laughs> so I might have to shave that off later. I mean, it's, I would say it's not as blended, obviously, as a professional, but it's pretty, it's pretty okay. Well, I was limited with my options in blending because your lovely husband only had well, he threw a, away. a one and a two. <laughs> he threw away the rest because they never got used. So sorry about that. It's actually quite frightening to give yourself a haircut. Mm. Well, it's quite frightening to do anything to your hair that is either like, you know, chopping it off because you're not professional and also dyeing it because I've also had hair situations during this lockdown. So I'm currently waiting for my third package from Sally Beauty to um, fix my hair. And so, I mean, you've commented that it looks completely fine. It looks fine. It looks it looks youthful and blonde. Yeah, and, but for uh, me, it's not kind of how I anticipated it to be. Uh, it is um, more orange at the back than it is the front because I wasn't sure about how long you leave things on like bleaching don't you know no nothing but on further research I did do it wrong so now I need to go back and recorrect it but by recorrecting it I have to now dye my entire hair I can't go in and just highlight it again like I've tried to so we're gonna be looking very interesting (laughs) well I mean first of all I'm shocked at the fact that I heard you say I did something wrong because that is 
such a rare thing for you to say. <laughs> uh, I, I can admit my mistakes that yes. are mine to make. I won't admit a mistake that maybe affected other people. <laughs> That's There we go. That's more on brand. I'll tell you one of my mistakes was um, when I, who have very black hair, went blonde about two oh my years gosh. ago. It was fun. I wanted to do it, but I'm telling you, my hair felt like a fucking broom. So well, it also kind of looked uh, like a broom. <laughs> how dare you? I mean, I now know the mistakes that were made during that process um, because I now understand about how long they should have left the bleach on and then your hair wasn't toned correctly because it didn't have the right tone to your skin tone, uh, which is why you had like golden shower colored hair. It, I knew what you were going for, hair. but now, now I know more. They did do it wrong. I didn't know what I was going for. Anyway, the other big news. <laughs> I mean, I the, bigger, like the biggest of the news, let's say this week. Um, would you like to tell everybody your current uh, health status? I would. I actually did, in fact, test positive for coronavirus. Um, I got my test results back two days ago. And uh, obviously, you knew what I was going through. And it wasn't terrible. But about no. three weeks ago, I had a fever. And the fever lasted for about a day and a half. It was one and done very quick. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever gone through, but certainly wasn't pleasant. And then throughout that following week after the fever went away, I had headaches and I had body aches. I didn't really panic until one day I completely lost my sense of smell. And when I say lost it, <laughs> I mean I couldn't smell anything, not even like a faint whiff of anything. I couldn't smell my deodorant. I couldn't smell like any herbs that I was using to cook. Couldn't smell bacon, couldn't smell anything. So then so weird. that's when I was like, okay, this doesn't feel like a normal cold. Um, so I called my doctor. He's like, you probably have coronavirus, but you know, don't panic. And I mean, course, no, you, there is no reason to panic in all fairness. You know, it's unless you're really in a position where there's a problem, you know, where for sure. Yeah. Then panic. But you, you still, you know me, I get into my own head. So I, even though he told me not to get tested, I immediately got tested because luckily Los Angeles is one of the cities where they offer free testing and it was pretty easy. So I did a drive-through test, did an oral swab. A week later, the results came back positive. I was not shocked because I just, I had a feeling. I, I mean, yeah, if there's I mean, one you generally know. Wrong, yeah. I, the thing is, is I, so, you know, I don't want to like, obviously I'm not a doctor that don't take my word for things and don't do as I say. Um, but for me, in my opinion, I just, I don't quite understand the whole testing aspect of it. I, I understand from a numbers perspective on keeping track of things. But for, for me, if I was in your situation, I probably wouldn't have gone and got tested because one, you already, you've already had the, the, the fever, you've already gone through the headache, body aches, now you've lost your sense of smell. And the thing only lasts a few couple of weeks anyway. And so by this point, you're probably coming to the end of it. And I'm just like, I would have not got tested. And also the friggin' test took a week to come back. That's insane. No, that's definitely insane. That's not, it's, it's also stupid because if I got tested a week ago and I tested negative and I found out a week later, I could have gotten infected that entire week and you know not knowing it so exactly it's all very bizarre it it doesn't make sense a rapid test needs to be you know rapid connected. well yeah like i mean i i've you know i've gotten hiv tested many times and they have you can get those test results back in a minute i remember when yeah. it was like 15 minutes and it was like 15 minutes of agony and then it went from to, from 15 minutes to one minute 
So we need that type of testing capability because that's the only way that people are really going to know for sure whether they're yeah. uh, contagious or not. But Yeah, but so since then you've kind of locked away, you haven't seen anybody. No, I've, I, I mean, that's the thing that we joke about is how the fuck did I get coronavirus? Because I, I am, I've been so well behaved. The only place that I could think that I have gotten it would be from my weekly trips to the grocery store, which I fucking hate going to anyway. And now I'll fucking forever hate it. <laughs> but um, I have not like been hanging out with people. I've not been even going outside, really. I've been yeah. really to myself. So Yeah, it's crazy because you literally haven't done anything other than really abide by the rules. So it's just bizarre that you can still pick it up from just that one. But all it takes is one little cross-contamination anyway this is the problem um but then when you see pictures of people gathering at freaking beaches and protesting about this that and the other it's infuriating it's infuriating and i think that i feel like yeah i'm a test case for how easy it is to catch it when really like i barely went out and i could have caught it in a laundry room who knows but the fact is i was doing everything right for the most part i wasn't Mm. disinfecting everything but um, you can still catch it. So I feel yeah. I feel good. First of all, my sense of smell came back about three days ago. So I'm on the mend. Yeah. But I still am worrisome to do anything because one, we don't know if you can get it again. I truly believe that I can't catch it again, but I'm not backing that up by any Well, fact. here's the thing though. That, like if you think of it again, the closest thing we can align it to, even though it's not this, you, if you align it to the flu, you obviously you can catch the flu <laughs> every year. Um, and a couple of times in that same year, but that's often because the strain of the flu is slightly different every time you catch it and every time, like it obviously changes over time. And this is the bit of information we don't know, like how is it transforming as it goes? <laughs> like it's, it's, we just don't know any information. So you still have to be careful, which is kind of infuriating. But my guess is that once you've had COVID-19 specifically, that you can't catch it again unless another COVID springs up in the future. For sure. And I think it's going to be one of those things that every year people are going to have to get a COVID test because the coronavirus mm-hmm. is going to mutate every year and there's going to be new strains. For sure. But, and just for people that are curious, I got the actual COVID-19 test. I didn't get an antibody test. Um, I think I will eventually get the antibody test just to kind of... I don't quite understand what that is anyway. Well, the antibody test just means that you have antibodies for the virus in your body, meaning your body has built up some sort of immunity or a way to fight the virus. But how do they even know that? They do a blood test. So it, it's, it's kind of, it kind of proves that you had it and you probably didn't even know that you had it. But then again, if you've had it, how do you know that you're not going to get it again? You don't know. Nobody fucking knows. But that's why I'm saying, what's the point in all this freaking testing? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's so stupid. Like, so you get an antibody test. It's like, yes, you have antibodies. But they don't even know that those antibodies are going to stop you getting it for again. So no. what's the point in the test? <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's really no point to anything right now. Like, I know America is, like, scrambling to reopen the country. But again, I will say this. Nothing has happened. We have no treatment. There is no vaccine. The numbers are not declining. <laughs> the numbers are not declining. The reason we're staying home is to help hospitals so everyone that wants a fucking haircut can fucking calm down borrow some hair clippers yeah i mean it's hard to to do it but you know it's definitely i mean honestly i just don't even care like i've just got to that point where i don't care my hair's like really long it's disgusting i don't care 
Oh my God, no. I'm so the opposite. I was so depressed, like, honestly, like, depressed last week. And then the second that I cut my hair and, like, cut out a few little whites, I felt like a new fucking human being. <laughs> I mean, I get it from, you know, we mentioned this last week about sometimes, like, just looking after yourself can make you feel better from the inside out. But I've just been more focusing my energies on, like, getting outside, going for a, a bike ride, exercising trying to cut down on eating jars of Nutella and then like that's kind of how I've been making myself feel better I just feel like I can't really and obviously dyeing my hair and trying to fix it has been a has been a hobby during this time but other than that what else can I do well I'll tell you what you can do you have a brand new podcast with your brother Terry so let's oh yeah that yeah so uh Brittany Yank Productions mine and John's a production company where we make uh create content make videos commercials um and this podcast uh we decided to start branching out a little bit um and we um now have a new show under our umbrella uh and it's called is this your life and basically it's kind of a this is your life ripoff uh where we take a celebrity and just build up their biographies but with very little factual information um and we kind of just fill in the blanks based on common sense and how we feel yeah no i think my my tag i listened to the first episode i think it's really fun they do a full episode on nicole richie and kind of you know you know nicole richie from the simple life from you know her fashion line from i don't know just being paris hilton's best friend yeah. and you kind of fill in the gaps and it's just funny because my tagline for you guys would be like where all the information is wrong yet so right it's just, uh, it's just, I was like, you know, that's not the truth. I know that's not what actually happened to Nicole, but that's what I would want to happen. Exactly, to exactly. And look, we fact check along the way, obviously, maybe some, sometimes for legal reasons, sometimes just to make sure we're getting our story straight. But it just, I find it's just very entertaining just to, you know, come up with these celebrity life stories and then be like, oh, no, actually completely wrong. Completely. <laughs> like it's it's just entertaining. It's, it's just a fun time. Um uh, we find some things out along the way. We found some interesting things out about Nicole Richie and her pop career. Um, we did Reese Dandelion. Dandelion. We did Reese Witherspoon. Uh, I think we have Jessica Simpson coming up next. So um, definitely check that out. It's called Is This Your Life podcast, uh, available where we're available. And potentially you might have something coming up on the new. I do. I'm working, I'm working on something new. I think once I tell you guys what it is, I think it'll be very, very obvious. It's going to be very, very similar to the Spice Girls podcast. Um, but, but without me, because I have zero information. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, we're still going to do this one. So don't worry. It's just, we're still like, like we talk about this all the time. I still, don't read like we we worked ourselves into a hole by doing the spice girls podcast which we love we can talk about spice girls forever and we still want to do this but like where do we go next and yeah i think we've landed on television because what else is there to fucking do in quarantine right i mean and television does bind us together we generally don't watch the same movies we generally don't listen to the same music um and so for television kind of feels right uh we watch a lot of the similar sort of shows and stuff so i think chatting on about television and what we've watched and what's coming up is a great idea. So today we're going to talk about TV because that's the tie that binds us, whether it's The Real Housewives, RuPaul's Drag Race, or some other things. Who knows? Who knows where we're going to go? I don't well, even who, know. Who knows what you've been watching? Who knows what I've been watching? But let's take a little break and we'll come back and decide which one we'll start with. 
Face masks are in vogue, and you don't want to be the only one on your cul-de-sac without these little fashion lifesavers. Try Senti, the mask for your face that rewards your nose. That's right, with Senti masks, you'll never be bored on your sanity walks again, as each Senti mask features a signature scent to add a little pep in your step. With unique flavors like ravishing raspberry, cherry pop, bubblegum, rosemary, and even our VIP creamy caviar, because why not? Can't smell the scents? Oh no, you might have coronavirus. Better get tested. No, really get tested. Get your Scenti masks at 555scenti.com. That's 555scenty.com. Stay safe, everyone. Welcome back. You're listening to Wannabe, a pop culture slash television podcast. You're listening to James. You're listening to John as well. <laughs> um, so I think we should start with what's very fresh in our minds because I just watched it yesterday, RuPaul's Drag Race. And I see you're still refusing to watch it when it airs on Friday night. I can't. I just, I, I, first of all, I don't have the channel that it's on. <laughs> so that's impossible. So how are you watching it? Uh, I just watch it like on catch up the next day. Okay. I see. I see. <laughs> that's what we'll go with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't have four hours to watch the whole thing live. It's just too much. I cannot, cannot do it. Well, I will say this week, I did not watch the celebrity version because I'm just not that interested in it. But yeah. if, if you, listeners, if you guys have watched it and you think the celebrity I, version good this week, let me know. I'll well, I, interestingly enough, when it came on last week, the celebrity version, I guess because it was the first episode, I saw so many tweets about the whole thing, mostly who are these people. Uh, this week, I saw very minimal celebrity rupaul drag race chatter yes there was so i don't know if anyone kind of just dropped off or like nobody was rushing to watch it but we'll probably at some point throw it on the i mean the original the normal show i should say is already 90 minutes so it's like okay i don't need that much rupaul in my life at once i'm not it's an hour it's an hour and seven if you watch it the next day (laughs) anyway what did you think of this week's episode um i so i I liked it, actually. I thought it was good. I think what I realized, uh, and I actually saw a few comments similar to this on Twitter, is that this season particularly is less, um, it's actually got quite a nice feel-good factor to it. It doesn't feel so drama-focused. I know at the beginning when we had some of the more, like, negatively edited queens, like, God, I I can't remember their their names, Um, Britta Filter. Was that a real but I, didn't, I wouldn't even say Britta was negative. I just... Well, no, I know she was negative, right. in all fairness. I, You know how I feel about her. I wasn't a big fan. Um, no, you're right. She was, there like, is, um... there was, she was quite bitchy and everything, but I think she was really the only person uh, that came across that way or was at least edited that way. So, the, But the rest of the cast and the whole overall vibe is very much more... Uh, it's positive and they still obviously shade each other and all of that but it's more comedy and it's less ripping people apart to try and get to the crown no i i couldn't agree more i think this season has a nice like airy light vibe about it which is probably what we need in the corona times mm. but they're all very supportive of each other you're right they still shade but but very much like they uh, they all seem genuinely sad when one of them goes home yeah and it's it's actually not like a it's it's a good I think it's a good vibe for the show to just show support. 
Yeah, I mean, I look, I understand that it's a competition and all this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, I also think that what we've learned from Drag Race, and I think what the, the drag queens have learned from Drag Race, is that it's not really about who wins, which is, in all fairness, most competitions. Unless there's a monetary value at the end, and I'm talking like real money, not the money that they get. What is it, like $100,000? pretty fucking good no, by the time you tax it, it's fifty thousand dollars you spend fifty thousand dollars in an afternoon like you it's not a big life-changing amount of money you know what you i'm saying you're out of touch no, with reality i'm not but that's no, okay. that's i'm just okay. saying you could like it's not like life-changing like yes it can make things a bit better for maybe a year but it's not gonna change your life i actually think the first season was ten thousand dollars Oh my, which would have been $5,000 after tax. I know, but that was like, a different time. Yeah, it was different, a different era. time. The different. show was so low budget then. Um, <laughs> well, you know, so I never low. watched the first season because I can't go back and watch low budget things. This season has been great. I will say about last night's episode, uh, I was actually kind of bored. Kind uh, of Really? Yeah, I was kind of bored. I, I mean, what, what they did on the episode, for those that haven't watched, was they took existing Drag Race super fans who are women and they dragged them up. And then that was kind of it. Like, there was no, like, challenge. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, said it that way. I, I, in all fairness, the episodes where they bring people in to be dragged up are always my least favorite, in all honesty, because it becomes less about, like like the performances and this that and the other are more just about the interactions between the drag queens and the people that are on the show which you know fine um but the i know i know what you're saying the competition itself kind of there wasn't much competition activity there wasn't and then i think when they when they had to do their runway challenge um i really like jackie and and heidi who are in the bottom two like what the fuck were the outfits that they put those girls in? They were like truly terrible outfits for those. Oh, they were they were girls. terrible. Uh, actually, I'm going to dial it back a little bit because I don't want to forget this whole point uh, because this was quite a poignant trend on Twitter. And again, I don't know if you saw it ahead of the episode and then on Friday when the episode aired. But there was a lot of controversy in the community about the superfans being women. Did you see any of this? I did not, but okay. I didn't have a problem with it. I think they've done they've done the whole like let's make let's make gay super fans drag queens. They've done let's make straight guys drag queens. It's kind of what the celebrity version now is anyway. So I mean, women watch the show as well. Like we shouldn't. This is an inclusive show. We should include as many people as our fans of the show. Oh, I, listen, I agree with you. But on Twitter, it was it was a trending topic because people were really going in about it. And it was one guy who shared a tweet of the screenshot of the super fans like all coming into the workroom, and he kind of made a comment about, oh, you know, let's let's make a show about drag queens, but give the airtime to the women who don't do anything to you know yada 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 about supporting and then it kind of led on to like women that go to drag queen brunches and how they behave and blah 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 so there, there are two sides to the story of course and I, I I feel like I'm relatively quite good at always seeing both sides of the story I usually decide with one um, but I can see the point but I agree with you, it is an inclusive show. And at the end of the day, the women that came on 
all had a story as to why they were support, you know, why they love drag queens. And it, it was an, it was sort of a supportive reason and it was an inclusive reason for each of them. And at the end of the day, these women are going to go on to birth children. And that's the type of woman that I would want to birth a child that is happy to celebrate and, you know, exactly. be inclusive. So I don't really see what the problem was, but it was really interesting to me that it was a problem. No, I mean, my only problem was that it just fell flat and I thought it was boring. But I will say um, I have a new favorite now. As as I've, Gigi Good was my old favorite, has kind of fallen out of favor with me. I just, I also think her outfits this week were very predictable. Oh, it's very like, generic. Yeah, we've yeah. seen that. Jada Essence Hall has quickly risen to the top of my favorites. I think she's funny. I think she's the right age to be a winner. I don't know. I just... I'm, I've been very impressed with her. Also, Crystal Method has I love. really fallen into my heart. Oh, my God. I've loved Crystal from the beginning. You know this. I've been a avid supporter. Because I think I just like people that don't have, like, he's kind of quirky and he kind of rides his own train, which I, I enjoy. And I, I, to a degree, everybody is obviously like that anyway. And they all have their own identities. But I feel like it's very rare to come across somebody like that in that environment because th- everyone else is so kind of wanting to be pretty and wanting to like, you know, flourish in a typical drag queen way but he's very much about the artistry behind it and just kind of lets his personality guide the way and how he's feeling at that time as opposed to oh this is who I am as as a drag queen this is my character this is my character well what I love about Crystal in general too is you can really see the journey that she goes on during this competition you could see when the first few episodes she was very unsure of how, like, of just not who she was, but of... How to apply it. Exactly. And so that can really make or break, but I think she's really found her stride. She's Mm. not afraid to be who she is. She's not afraid to embrace the weird. She really has found a confidence that is refreshing. And I'm happy to see it. Me too. Now, Heidi is still another one of my favorites, though. and But I still think she should have been in the bottom, so it was right. Yeah, no, it was definitely correct. The bottom two were the bottom two. We're at that point now where it's very difficult to start putting people in the bottom two because I actually think this is a really good top. Um, how many of them are there left? Five or six? I think six. I think six. Um, yeah, so usually I'm not a fan of competitions where they keep two people that's supposed to or one of them supposed to be eliminated but the only reason I feel like it works on RuPaul's Drag Race is because and uh, whether this is true or not I don't know but to me where it's not overly produced and it seems to be RuPaul's decision of actually this is how I feel in the moment and they both did actually an outstanding lip sync and I think it was going to be impossible to send one of them no I agree I think as much as I want to get the show moving and I'm like okay let's go I do think that they both were equally good lip singers and RuPaul made the right decision Keep, them going. Keep yeah them I mean essentially I'm like are we going to be in this situation again next week because at this point everybody is very top of their game but sometimes depending on somebody's mood or depending on like the song like they don't lip sync or perform as well so that's obviously we'll see what happens next week but i'll be very interested but if you needed to pick a winner who would jada essence hall yeah i want to say crystal method just because of my you know connection to to her but i probably have a feeling that it's going to be jada the wins. we shall see 
So now I'm getting a little bit nervous that we're at the final six because usually for RuPaul's Drag Race, they have a huge like live taping for the finale. <gasps> oh, yes. And I don't know how they're going to do it this time, if they're going to do like a Zoom type of finale. No, I don't want to see Zoom finales. Well, it's funny, too, because when they film the finale, they also announce everyone as the winner. So the actual winner doesn't find out until it airs live. True, true. So I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't but... know. But I mean, not being funny, the whole Zoom thing anyway, like mostly it's annoying me. If I see one more screenshot of somebody's Zoom office conversation, somebody's Zoom this, somebody's Zoom that. I'm like, I get it. We're all Zooming. Calm down. We are all Zooming. And I know we've talked about this enough, how I'm so fucking tired of seeing people at their homes. I'm sick of seeing like just... I, I just want the mystique back. <laughs> and it seems that like every single like cast was reuniting this week, whether it was like 90210. Oh, or the Goonies. The Goonies the did Goonies, the whole thing. Melrose Place did a whole thing. I was like, oh, like stop it. But then I noticed that the cast of Desperate Housewives did a reunion via zoom for charity of course um for like stars at home i think the hosts were actually kind of very annoying but i love desperate housewives well can i say that what made me laugh the most so i didn't i can't claim to have watched the whole thing because it did go on quite some time it did. Um, but you did at me in a tweet uh this week just gone by like maybe three four days ago about it and i just looked at it and i was like you're a moron why am I a moron? No. Because I added you in the actual Zoom thing when it happened a week I, and a half ago. I don't <laughs> and remember And you completely this ignored it. And so when you added me three days ago, it was like, oh, look, how exciting. I was like, this is old information. <laughs> well, I wasn't purposely ignoring you. I, just, I don't remember this news at all. I was, I, I would never ignore anything about Desperate Housewives. I love that show. It was one of my favorite shows as a high schooler. Um, oh, I, I still watch it. I still watch it. I delve back in on occasion and just like watch a few episodes. I should. I, I kind of, it's one of the shows that I want to rewatch again. And also a show that I'm like, bring it back. Like it's totally due for a revival. It's been eight years now since it, went off, since it went off the air. But anyway, for this Zoom reunion, it was um, Marsha Cross who played Brie Vandekamp. It was mm -hmm. Vanessa Williams who played Renee Perry. The lovely Ava Longoria who played, of course, Gabby Solis. Um, Brenda Strong, who was the narrator, Mary Alice Young, and then Dana Delaney, whose character name I don't remember. Uh, uh, Karen. Karen? No, that was Karen. No, it was Karen McCluskey. Hang on. Please, wait, wait. R.I.P. Uh, oh, my God. Um, oh, okay, no, keep I, talking, and I'll keep well, thinking. Of I just want to say, like, Pam, I love Dana Delaney's character on that show, but anyway. So Felicity Huffman obviously was not a part of it because she's had – quite the the last oh, year she, with, i don't know where she is is she not in prison she was in prison very quickly i think but like okay but she's out she's out but you know felicity had the whole college cheating scandal um so obviously she's not doing very many press appearances because that's still a hot button issue but they all talk about how much they love her how much they wish she could be there how much felicity is there now Unfortunately, Terry Hatcher is a different story because for years they didn't, they didn't want her to dial in. 
they did not want her to dial in. They have, I think when the show came out, like there was always rumors about them not getting along with Terry. There's like the infamous Vanity Fair cover shoot that the cast did where like Marsha Cross, I think stormed off the set because of, of Terry Hatcher. Um, which is funny because I think Susan is such like a mild character. She was always kind of my yeah. least favorite. But the fact that like Terry Hatcher is the one that like was never really on the the ends with them is funny to me. And I don't think Nicolette Sheridan ever was like friendly with Nicolette Sheridan had her own drama with the showrunner. She oh, alleged yeah. that he beat her. Oh That's my not God. funny. I'm not laughing at that. I'm no, just no but you're just laughing at the drama of the whole thing. I yeah. get it. I get it. <laughs> but it was um what what I learned in this Zoom call with the cast of Desperate Housewives is like you're finding out very quickly which stars have good Wi-Fi in their homes and which stars have bad Wi-Fi. Well, th- now listen, though, that doesn't need to necessarily mean to say it's how successful they are because there are some parts of those hills that don't have good access to anything. So For you sure. Can't, you can't judge it. You can't judge it. For sure. But Vanessa Williams had such bad Wi-Fi. It was such a delay. Um, she kept walking around her house because I could tell she was trying to find the perfect spot. And then anytime they would ask her a question, she would just be frozen for like a solid 20 seconds and then <laughs> respond. And like, she wasn't like actually frozen. She was just like, she just does not move. That that was the funny thing. Um, and then Eva Longoria, who has a two-year-old baby, kept like hopping off the call to go feed it. Her hair was wet. She was in her closet, I think. She looks amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've... I, I love that show so much. It was so good to see it them was, together. It, exactly. I think that, but this is the thing, because we can easily sit here and get angry at like people coming back and doing all these Zooms. But because we don't have an affinity to the shows, we're like, oh, this is so annoying. But because it's Desperate Housewives, of course, that's what we want to see. Well, I mean, yes and no, because I, what, what annoys me about all these reunions is like, I want it to be done right. Like, like yes. before HBO Max is a new streaming service that's launching at the end of May. And one of the new things that they were going to launch with was a reunion special with the cast of Friends. And mm-hmm. that was going to be like big budget. They were going to, it was like a yeah. full, like real Housewives reunion with the cast of Friends. And that's kind of what I would expect from Desperate Housewives. Like, I don't, I don't really, while it's like nice, it's so distracting to like see it go off the rails. Well, it's I think it's because you it's because we you're being just taken out of it by the fact that it's a normal situation where just these people are just at home with their children, like with their bad Wi-Fi. Like it just the whole mystique of everything. Of course, we know that it's just a TV show, and that you know, yes, you have like a Gabby Solis who has gone on to do, do amazing things and she's like got loads of money. But then you've also got like a Brent Strong who's kind of just probably just living in a normal house in like Glendale. And <laughs> wow. Do you know what why, I mean? I do, but why? You, you don't think Brenda Strong is well off? <laughs> of course she's well off. She's in one of the nice houses in Glendale. Like, why? You know, I'm not saying it's a bad place. I'm just saying that <gasps> it's just like it's not the same as being in like Bel Air. Yeah. So, true. but what you're seeing is the the vow gets lifted again, and it's like oh, I don't want to see it. Uh, just quick note: uh, Dana Delaney was called Catherine. Catherine. Her name was Catherine. You don't remember this? No, I don't remember. I wouldn't have remembered. To be fair, I wouldn't have remembered Vanessa Williams' character's name either, because Vanessa was only in the last two seasons, and I think Dana did. Oh, I remember that three. though. Renee, I remember that Renee Perry. Like, uh, is it? It comes off the tongue so naturally. I mean, Catherine, yes, doesn't come off the tongue as easy. Do you remember when we saw Dana Delaney at that premiere party? 
and we yeah. were like hovering. Don't you remember? We it was the uh, I think it was the the snatched, the snatched after party. Oh, you're right. Got, you remember? She was there, and we were like by the bar. And then there was that sushi bar and she was hovering around. And we yeah. really wanted to say something. It's funny how, like, I forgot about that. I forgot that she was there until you just brought it up. But that's also the same party where Chris uh, Maloney from SVU yeah. also cut in front of us in the photo booth. Uh, but he asked politely. He did well, ask. No, he didn't ask. He said sorry once he did it. And I was like, of course, no problem. <laughs> no, he asked. I don't remember him asking. I remember him he, just well, getting He asked front. me because I said, yes, go. Oh, well, he said so sorry to me. So you probably wasn't listening. <laughs> but I, he touched my shoulder and I was just like, <laughs> I love yeah. him so much. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a few. I've, I remember I went to, there's this restaurant in West Hollywood called Laurel Hardware. And I remember uh, Felicity Huffman was there once when I was there. And then I actually, when I, in 2016, when I met Hillary Clinton, backstage Eva Longoria was there and I remember she like just oh yes she was just telling me about her her wedding and I'm like I don't know (laughs) you but tell me more because 14 year old John is like in heaven right now oh my gosh yeah so I love Desperate Housewives I I miss it I miss it I do too. I mean, I remember when we did the Universal Studios tour too, and we got to go on Wisteria Lane. It's like oh, I've done that so many times. It's like my favorite part of going to Universal Studios. But sometimes they don't take you down Wisteria Lane because if they're filming something random. But eight out of ten times I've done that tour, I've gone down Wisteria Lane, and every time I get so excited. (laughs) It's just so good, so good, so fucking good. Do you remember when Mel B filmed her music video? Yes, yeah, for once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we take a little break? Let's and... take another break. We'll come back. We have some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of New York City, and then some and other must watches. Potomac, Potomac. Yeah, so we can all, I can always talk about fucking Potomac, clearly. Exactly. All right, we'll be okay. right back, people. Finding that perfect jockstrap can be such a nightmare. Not anymore. With just a few simple questions, the experts at Cocky Jockey have got you covered. Cocky Jockey's strap technicians are on call 24-7 to ensure you never have to waltz around with an uncomfortable jock strap again. Are my cheeks being properly lifted? Is my bulge perky and breathable? Yes. Cocky Jockey's got you covered. At Cocky Jockey, each jock strap is hand-stitched and tailor-made to fit you perfectly, no matter your shape or size. Wear your jock strap for 90 days, and if you're unhappy, just place it back in our biodegradable envelopes and ship it back to us for a full refund. It's that easy. Sign up today at CockyJockey.com with the code WANNABE and get a free consultation. Welcome back once again to WANNABE, a pop culture slash TV podcast. I am John. And I am James. And now we're going to get into some real housewives. We've gone from desperate to real. We're real <laughs> desperate. <laughs> real desperate. Which city do you want to tackle first? Uh, I think let's go Beverly Hills because I feel like it's kind of the easier of the bunch. <laughs> yes. Okay, so right off the bat, I do want to say I saw a tweet floating around about how the new friend of the housewives, Sutton, they wrote... <sighs> Sutton is a horrible human being. Renew her contract <gasps> immediately. Uh, yeah, I saw that. No, I saw that. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more. I mean, she... I don't think she's a horrible human being. No, I think she understands her job, which is to be entertaining. And yes. that's always the problem that I've had with Beverly Hills. It's like they are either too dark or they're too in their own heads, but they never really understand that like 
we're there to see petty drama fights. Like we're, we're the Real Houses of New York. Like we want to see you guys fight about which room you're going to take in the house. Like that is the mm-hmm. type of petty nonsense we want. And I think Sutton is going to bring that to Beverly Hills. She is doing her job tenfold. And it's so interesting that she's not even a full-time housewife. You know, I know we've had the backstory in a previous episode about as to why, um, but she I hope they're still paying her full-time housewife salary because she's the only person doing anything. It's it's shocking to me that we can be this many seasons in and have such, you know, OGs of the cast. Actually, no, I take this back. Dorit is still gives us a show. Yeah, well, Dorit's still brand new. Dorit's only this is only Dorit's what fourth season. Yeah, but that's not brand new. Like, come on, that's you. You're you. You know what you're doing by then. I mean, she's still the pretty much the newest of the bunch, other than like. Teddy. Yeah, but like I, yeah, I'm saying. Obviously, you've got Kyle, who's been on it from day one. She's the consistent, and I don't think we should get rid of her, even if she doesn't really perform all of the time. Like I, she, for me, she's the consistent. No, yes, I agree. I mean, I don't. I, I have no positive or negative feelings towards Kyle. She's just there to me, and I, I like her. I think she's fine. Mauricio has kind of her husband has ratcheted things up. He was, oh. I think he was stoned the entire dinner. I think oh, he was he stoned was, beforehand. He's been stoned every episode that he's been on. I don't need to see him shirtless. I think he's gotten to his head when people tell him he's the hottest house husband, which I very much disagree with. Um, I don't need to see him shirtless. It was not a good look. I mean, I for an older man, he's like, for me, it's like, he's kind of looks okay. Like, you know. Oh, he, he looks, looks fine. Like a, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. You know, but... actually, I take that back. I'd rather him be shirtless than ever wear another, like, piece of clothing or hat that says the agency on it. We get it. Oh, You're a exactly. fucking realtor. No one gives a fuck about your agency. <laughs> that whole dinner scene, I can't remember what happened, really, at the beginning of the episode, but the only things that I do remember is the dinner scene, and it was a great scene. It was, and I think that's what I've been loving about Beverly Hills, <clears throat> excuse me, recently, is that they are smart, and they're using scenes where they're all together. And I think in Housewives history, anytime that there's a dinner party, it's always the best scenes. It's always mm-hmm. where, where the best things happen. And this was no kind of exception. It was it was just fun. It, was, it started I mean, it out was, fake and then it was fun. It was left, there were things coming in from left, right, down and above. Like it was, there was very many things. And again, it was nothing too jarring, like nothing too um, negative. It no, was, it was all petty. It was all petty. It was all petty, but it was also very weird because when we got to the Denise Richards and Aaron section of the dinner party, that was the strangest thing that what I've seen fuck on television. What is going on there? So Aaron thinks that he, you know, he's being followed by pharmaceutical companies because he has a cure for cancer and that people like the pharmaceutical companies don't want the cure to get out there, so they follow them. But it's them. not but it's not like the typical cure to cancer that you would assume. Like, it's not like a, it's not an injection. It's a, it's some sort of mystical I have atom no fucking clue. penetration. I don't understand what was going on. But he like starts to say that cancer is your friend and like cancer is just trying to protect your body. Otherwise you would be dead in 15 minutes. Yeah, that we've all got it. And, like, it was just very, very bizarre. But, again, this is why I like Sutton, because she was the only person, like, aside from around the dinner table, but in her cutaways, she was the only person to be like, this is the point of the evening when the wife literally kicks the husband on the table and is like, shut the fuck up. Well, Denise kind of plays into it, too. She's like, honey, for our safety, stop talking. 
Um, but she's a lunatic. She is, but I enjoy her. Um, <laughs> I think Aaron probably thinks he has a cure for coronavirus at his at his house right now. So oh, probably he's probably like strapped on some sort of like biomagnetic, you know, strap and it, is curing himself. It was too much. And then we have very bizarre. Teddy, who I still think needs to be off the show. Um, although, if she's going to get upset about stupid things, and I mean, keep her on because if she hadn't well, exactly, yeah, keep her on then because nobody, she, she's right. Like she everyone was going around the table being super nice to each other, saying uh, like the, the first time I met you, you were pretty, and then I realized you actually are pretty. Like uh, it was stupid. So I like when when Sutton turns to Teddy and goes, "I thought you were going to be boring," and for Teddy to get offended <laughs> by something so stupid. Um, is... Well, she tried to play it off. She tried to play it off that it wasn't the boring comment. She, because remember, because she said, Sutton said, when I first met you, I thought you were going to be boring, and then she said, and um, and then when I found out you were pregnant, I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be fair. Which is hilarious. Like, that's funny because there's nothing worse than when your friends are pregnant. Like it's yeah, boring. It's the fucking worse. But then Sutton said, but then I got to know you and I found you're actually much more interesting than I had initially thought. And yeah, that's a fucking which, compliment. Yeah, you can look at that and say that that was a bit rude. Like that's a that's a backhanded compliment. But yeah. that's better than saying, and then I found out you were boring. Like, you know, we've gone up. Exactly. We've gone up in somebody's estimations. This is a good, positive move. Like, I don't understand why she got... I mean, she is pregnant, so she probably was just randomly emotional, but... Oh, uh, but she's annoying. She is she, I annoying. Mean, I actually quite like Teddy as a person. I don't think she, she, she works on the Housewife show as such. Although we have got a lot of drama from her because she is so randomly sensitive. And she plays that whole, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not bothered. But then it's like immediately yeah, immediately bothered by everything. I don't remember who said it, but but you know, when she's storming out, she's like, I've tried like I'm trying to be chill right now. And then someone in their interview was like, you know, anyone that has to say that they're chill is never chill. And that's <laughs> no, Teddy. I think it was I think it was Erica. Teddy is a bit too young, I think, for these women. That's the thing that bothers me in general on these shows sometimes. Sometimes it works, but like, it just looks like a young, like, 35-year-old girl playing with her older aunts, and it just yeah. uh, drives me crazy sometimes. Um, so I'm, I think yeah. Teddy has outstayed her welcome, but at the same time, she's she's reacting to things that probably nobody well, else would react far, to. we've really only had Teddy drama. Yeah, but what she fucking said, or what Teddy said was rude, where, like, if oh. I'm saying, like, hey, like, I'm inviting you to my party, but you know what, I don't really care if you come. Like, how, how could she not see that that's rude? Yeah, I mean, it's. I get the sentiment behind it. I get the sentiment behind it, but her delivery was terrible. She, she basically, she should instead of saying, "Look, I'm putting this event together. It means, uh, you know, it's a work thing. I'm not fussed if you're there or not. Like, that's not the best way to do it. What no, she means yeah. to say is, like, please, like, I would love you to come, but if it's not your thing, don't feel that you have to be there. Like, exactly. End of story. Like, get your words straight, girl. Yeah, stop digging yourself into a fucking hole. It, it was a good episode. It's still very fast-paced, but I'm actually very much enjoying the fast pace of Beverly Hills. It looks yeah. like they overshot because, like, they're they're doing things where it was, like, three months ago, and I'm like, three months ago? Like, yeah. how long have you guys been shooting? Which I'm all for. Like, cut, trim the fucking fat on these shows. I'd rather... Well, I, I prefer tell. that. Yeah, I prefer that, though, and then getting the flashbacks. Like, because then we don't have to see every boring scene play out over the course of the time. I would rather be you know, them say something and then we see it. Like, I don't need to see the whole thing. 
I yeah, the show has definitely improved. I am I'm more excited for the next episode each week. Whereas last season, I was like, kind of let it fall to the wayside and would like skip one week. And but this week, I actually am like, okay, I'm excited to to turn on and see what happens. Exactly. Now, is it good? <laughs> yes, but is it great? No, because Real Housewives of New York is actually great. Yes, it's actually amazing. Very much so. I'm I'm nervous though, and the reason I'm nervous is because every episode has been so wackadoodle <laughs> that I don't know how we can continue to keep going in that direction for the entire season. Like at some point we've got a lull, right? We have to lull at some point, but I think right now it's I'm I'm enjoying the wackadoodle ride. I found out that Leah is only thirty seven years old, by the way. Ooh, um, she's younger than me. She she's gorgeous. I think she's gorgeous, but she looks to be a woman in her 40s, to me, yeah. personally. Not that yeah. she looks bad, she looks great, but she re- did refer to herself as a millennial at one point. I was like, a millennial? I'm a millennial, what are you talking about, girl? Like, you have a 14-year-old daughter or whatever. Um, not, that, not that there's, I mean, that 37, she I mean, that happens. That's it's fine, legal. that's not even that old. <laughs> but she carries herself in an older way. I've never heard of her fucking fashion line, Married to the Mop or whatever it's called. Actually, I have heard of it. That's have you? Yes, when she spoke about, because she did this whole scene where she spoke about how she was the first person to ever do do this kind of range of clothing back in whenever it was. And immediately I kind of started to laugh because I was like, okay, girl, calm down. And then I actually remembered that she was correct because I actually do remember it. I think it was like really quick. It came onto the scene and then it disappeared really quickly because of the other brands, I think, did, you know, it as... What she said was true, actually. But no, that whole episode, I can't even remember what happened. Because... I was hoping you would, because I'm like, I know so many things happened, but I can't remember one thing that oh, happened right now. Hey, it was, I know, because I'm getting confused. Oh, the so fashion show. Happened. Yes, yes, yes. Because I was confused because we had the the whole thing at the Ham- the Berkshires before, wherever we were. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was Sonia Morgan's fashion show. <laughs> I mean, we make fun of Sonia a lot because she's had a lot of brands and things. We make fun of your brother for being a Sonia. But mm. I didn't even know Sonia was working on a fashion line still, but apparently she didn't know either. Well, actually, I was kind of surprised because she has, we had back in season whatever it was when she originally put on her fashion show. Um, and I guess without us knowing behind the scenes it's been a constant and she's still been doing it because i mean i don't know ramona said like i don't know why we're even having this show sonia's not none of these clothes were designed by sonia like no but what she meant to say what she was saying is because obviously at a new york fashion show designers are coming up with conceptualized outfits to spur on the new line of clothing they're going to make for the next the for the upcoming seasons right but what so Ramona was saying is that Sonia already has a line of clothing this has already been manufactured and she this is more of a promotion than it is a this is what I think I'm going to start creating do you see what I'm saying I do and it was a fucking mess though it was that the lighting was terrible. Lights. No, I'm not talking about the clothes. I'm just talking about the production. There, the lights were terrible oh for the God. fashion show. There was no fucking music for the models to walk down. Uh, it was. Um, and she is such a weirdo. She is such a delusional person. She, I mean, she. It just looked messy. But also, I love that these housewives are pretending like they're going to these like like yes, fashion week is a big thing, and they're going to shows, but they're not going to like the shows they're not going to like gucci chanel like they're going to like designers i've never heard of 
Although that other one is pretty big. That woman. Well, yeah, what's her name? Jill Rubenstein? No, I'm. No, Pam. Pamela. Pamela, Pamela Sanderson. <laughs> she, I don't. Know. It, I mean, it is actually <laughs> the Sanderson sisters. Yes. I can't remember, but I do know what I have heard of that name before. Yeah, no, she's an actual brand, but like they all need to fucking calm down. I know, um, but can I just say one of my favorite scenes was when uh, after the first fashion show they went to, and then they went out to lunch, um, and they all gathered, and Sonia was trying to do her work on her telephone, and they just uh, there was so much happening in one scene, like arguments. Ramona's like, I don't care what everyone else is doing. Bring me my oysters. Yeah. It was just Tinsley, was so much happening. Tinsley talking about her hair curly or straight. Oh. Tinsley. Tinsley, the the scene with Tinsley and her mom just drives me insane because Tinsley like has the mind of a fourteen year old when she's with her mom, and it's really weird. Oh yeah, they definitely have some issues where they regress into days have gone by because they it's very very uncomfortable to watch actually when they do that because it's not it's not an adult it's not an adult with their adult mother. It's a it becomes, it's weird. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very very weird. That's strange. But I love Tinsley, and I'm really sad that she's not going to be back. What do you mean? I didn't know she wasn't going to be back. Well, she left halfway through the season. Are you sure? Can we confirm that, though? Uh, Apparently, she left halfway through the season because she's moved to Chicago. Well, they've said that Denise left halfway through Beverly Hills season, and she's like, no, no, I'm back. (laughs) True. I'd like to I like to think that Tinsley Tinsley don't leave the show. Uh, We need Tinsley. I find her to be very pivotal actually yeah i think she can give us at least a, a two more good seasons in her yeah um, i hope so i hope so do we have somebody new in oh yeah leah we've just leah yeah her. no new york new york's pretty tight new york's pretty tight with the ramona sonia and luann dorinda consistent dorinda i'm getting really tired of actually watching i would i'd it'd be quite easy to say if this was Dorinda's last season, I wouldn't be too bothered. Well, I thought I've, I don't know. I like Dorinda. I agree with you, but I think they all have kind of bad seasons and they can rebound. Like Sonia again had truly a bad season, like five seasons ago. And I was like, I want her off. And then she rebounded. So I have faith in Dorinda. I think she's, she can deliver. I think she'll be the cause of the drama soon. Um, I hope so. Cause she's just, to me, uh, we said this last week, but she's just getting too aware. She's, actually becoming really nasty like and it's nasty where she thinks she's being funny but it's actually just nasty and uh, it's not pleasant to watch um and she's very much um throwing stones and she shouldn't because she's her life is pretty shit in all fairness what else anything else happened on new york that's like i feel like it was so good but yet i don't really remember anything else like manic it was so manic i don't even remember anything that happened with luann i don't it was, it was, I know that it was amazing, but I cannot remember everything that happened. So that's fine. Well, you've been on your other Housewives adventure with the ladies of Potomac. Are uh, you on? I can't, I can't tell you. I've, uh, I think we're just about to come to the reunion of season three. Where did they go on the trip that year? Uh, they went to Cannes, to France. And um, Monique, was that... it was for Monique's birthday. But is that and... the mime? Did the mime invite them to France? Oh, the or... mime, yes, 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 yes. The, the mime, the famous mime happened. That was so good. Such a classic Housewives moment. I love when Karen's like, security! I know. She's like, oh yeah, here he comes once his 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> he's like, no, he's actually there trying to deliver your invitation. <laughs> 
but no, I was like, it's I'm truly, truly obsessed with Potomac, and I can't get enough. It's I'm looking forward to every single day. Like it's the highlight of my evening throwing on a Potomac, and just seeing these women. I they're very fascinating. It's such an interesting dynamic between the the different cast. Um, I love the fact that they none of them really have any money. Um, but we're kind of there arguing about how much money they do have, and it's like this. It's like why? Well, Monique, Monique is actually has a lot of money because uh, of her husband. Yeah, but even then, it's not like it's not really like loads of money. Like they still know. live in Potomac. Their house is four million dollars. Like that's not crazy. No, but it's Potomac. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If they had loads of money, what like go somewhere well, better? <laughs> well. You know, I think <laughs> you see what I'm saying. I see what you're saying, but I, I get it. it. I get it. But it, it's not like, it, it, you know, it's not, um, it's not like crazy money. It's not New York money. It's yeah. not Beverly Hills money. It, but it just, that's why I find it fascinating though, because they're all arguing about like, oh, I have this amount of homes. It's like your home it's costs $500,000. <laughs> and the thing with the Potomac cast, too, which I said before, it's like, I don't usually like, younger women with the older women but i think mm. potomac has like a, a good mix there's like karen, a ratio. Uh, half and yeah half. there's like karen and giselle who are like older ish mm-hmm. i don't know how old karen is but she, i mean i'm guessing almost 60 in my head yeah like 50 57 yeah. 58 but then you have ashley who's like 31 monique and candace must be like i think Mon- candace is like 33 and can- like monique can't be over 36 candace was 28 when she Are, came into the season, no, I'm pretty really? sure she said she was 28. Yeah. Wow. Then yeah, but she's I, Ashley. She's too young for me. Like I don't, I don't dislike her, but she's too young. She's annoying. Oh no, she is the the key, the linchpin to all the drama. So I'm very much in number Candace. four in season four. Yeah, I very much like Candace um, on the show because I think she's messy and I think. Uh, Ashley's okay. messy, but she works. Oh, Ashley's so messy, but it's it's needed. You need that person that's just going to constantly just bring everything up. <laughs> exactly. Robin, I appreciate. Robin, I, I like Robin is the sort of character that I think you would find annoying because she's like quite monotone, lazy esque. Yeah. But I actually thoroughly enjoy her because she's so easily like manipulated <laughs> into doing things. <laughs> well, she's like a candy from Atlanta where like candy's actually very neutral, but then once candy pops off, she'll pop off. Yes. Yeah. So Robin will pop off. Yeah, because I had the whole umbrella scene um when <laughs> Monique tried to strangle Robin. I will with choke an you out with this umbrella. <laughs> choke me then, choke me. <laughs> Uh, but I did actually, uh, I, th- I think I've definitely been watching too much Potomac because I did sit last night and check the house prices in Potomac because I was thinking, well, maybe I'll move to Potomac. <laughs> Good luck. Not shit to do there. I know, but I could have a very big house. I think that's kind of it. I can't think of anything else. Have you been watching anything uh, scripted? Yes, I have. I watched Normal People on Hulu, which is based off a novel. <clears throat> it's about like a just a modern love story in Ireland with these two mm. kids. It starts in high school and it kind of takes you through like college and a little bit of post college, but it's like so beautifully done. It's twelve episodes. Quite raunchy, I've heard. Yeah, they show full frontal peen, and I am here for it. And I'm in okay. love with the with the lead guy, so it works. Um, it's it's just like a, a beautifully done story. 
not too much flash, not too much like out of this, out of like, it's just a love story. Like I can't describe it any other way, but it's really, really nice. I watched all 12 episodes yesterday. Wow. Um, well, I'm in quarantine. I'm not supposed, I'm coronavirus positive. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Yes. And there's nothing to be ashamed of with the positive diagnosis with coronavirus. I've, I've read <laughs> that people are ashamed and they shouldn't be because, you know, everyone oh, no, is going like, catch them. Uh, exactly. I think I had it at some point, but I just didn't get tested. Hopefully this quarantine can end soon because I want to hang out with my friends. Also, can we talk about <laughs> Chanel? Oh my God, we should have led with Chanel. We should have led with Chanel. If you haven't, if you have no fucking clue what we're talking about, please explain. Well, I mean, first of all, you didn't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> I, I didn't. Up no. you. you was like a good few days behind the trend. Uh, but basically, uh, there was on Twitter, or somebody had posted this video of this woman in, I want to say, like, Liverpool in England, and she had lost her parrot. Her parrot's name was Chanel. <laughs> and basically, she just films herself screaming for the parrot and asking for the public's help in finding her African grey. And it was just pure, it was like... To me, that's what the internet was made for. Just like wholesome moments that we can just take and I mean, just, and just I know. Go. It's sad because obviously she was looking for her parrot and she was distraught, but, but I, I, I mean I no, but before I shared it out, I scrolled back and checked that she found the parrot. Because I actually don't think I would have found it as funny if she hadn't found the parrot. No, yeah. She does she does find Chanel again, but she for did, she two minutes it's Chanel. just her fucking screaming. Chanel! I've lost me African grey. Saw her down by the canal. Oh, but then the memes to come out of it, like all the people just like dubbing Chanel over the top of everything. It was just too good. Ah, well, on that note, I might just go out and look for parrots. Well, I think I'm going to take a nap. I slept terribly, so back to bed I go. Because did you also did you say there was an earthquake last night, or was you making it? There was no, there was at you're at three o'clock in the morning, right when I'm trying to go to sleep. It was a light one. Like my, um, I didn't feel that. My bed started to shake. It was in Chatsworth, California. It was like a three point three. Okay, and it was out. It was kind of far away, so yeah, no, Chatsworth is actually pretty fucking close. But to you, but you it's not. You have a whole mountain between that. You're right, but yeah. Anyway, it, it would have been shake. too light for me to feel it. Yes, but anyway, on and pandemics and earthquakes, and I'm coronavirus <laughs> positive. Let's move on, please. Well, I don't Can think you are now. You need to make sure you do the uh, the fever test and check yourself every few day, every day, and uh, hopefully you can start interacting with the world soon. We shall see. I long for I long I long for that day. <sighs> we all long for that day. Well, okay. Thank you, everyone, well, for listening. It's been wonderful. Yes, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, James's other podcast. The, the, you've just, you can take a deep dive into our lives, basically. That'll keep you entertained. We're there. A lot of selfies. All right. Have a wonderful <laughs> week, bitches. Goodbye. Goodbye.